Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host as always, Anthony Grieve, joined with Adam Jasper. Adam, how's it going? Doing great today. How about yourself? Doing great. We've been on hiatus. <laughs> I think it's been on and off. It's been it's been inconsistent. Um, we apologize. I think our last episode was prior to the UCLA, UCLA. Men's, men's game at Galen. A lot has happened since then. Uh, we're sorry we've been gone, but we're back. Um, we're back and better, as they say, on Talking Troy. We've got a lot to talk about, obviously. We've got to talk about men's basketball, the loss against Arizona, and then obviously previewing that game against UCLA, talking a little bit about them. Um, we've got to talk about women's basketball, who just lost uh, to UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament. Their season is basically over now, kind of reflecting on that year and, and you know our initial thoughts on Lindsey Gottlieb's first term. Those are really the main things we're going to be covering today. Um, first, we've got to start off with women's basketball. Um, they started the Pac-12 tournament recording this on Thursday, so they played day before Wednesday. Um, they played a number seven UCLA team. The winner of that played Oregon, number number two seed. Um, it was a, you know, the score it was 73-60, but it you know it was close. The third and fourth, uh, especially the third quarter, USC started making a run, started getting close, and then UCLA just that fourth quarter just past them, um, and it got out of hand, and they lost. Uh, USC ends the season with a 12 and 15 uh, record, uh, if I believe 12 and 15 or 12 and 16, one of those. Uh, it's it's not it's not great for your first year as a head coach for Lindsey Gali, but there's a lot to build on. Adam, any just immediate thoughts or reactions about that season, and just what type of year they had? Yeah, so I mean. Obviously, coming into the first season for a new head coach, she doesn't have her players, her specific recruits. Um, but there was a lot of growth in terms of, I think, just player personnel. We saw uh, people like Jordan Jenkins just had kind of a breakout year. Um, Allison Mira had some clutch shots down the stretch. Uh, Jordan Sanders as well. Um, and uh, Ryan Marshall, the freshman. So uh, there's definitely some prospects to look forward to with this team in terms of the development of those players, um, where they were this year may not have been exactly what they wanted year one. Um, but let's not mistake. This wasn't a terrible loss. They were very much so in this game, only down one at the end of the first quarter. They kind of slipped up in the second, but they fought back and it was a one point game, I believe, um, heading into the fourth quarter, um, before things just kind of started to unravel. And it was really just the offensive glass, uh, that was really hurting those, those second chance opportunities that UCLA was getting. It was hurting them a lot. Um, you know, some exterior shooting would be nice moving forward as well, as I think some of the players like Jenkins are going to look to develop that um, as, as they move forward. Yeah, I mean, there were some, some Pac-12 honors that, that we should talk about. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, Ray Marshall, Jordan Sanders, those are the three players that, that got some Pac-12 honors at the end of the season. Uh, Jenkins earned... Uh, Pac-12 co-most improved player. She was also on the all-Pac-12 team, which is great to see. Freshman Ryan Marshall, who really picked it up as the season went on. Pac-12 all-freshman team. Uh, she also held a spot with Jordan Sanders. Both of them were on the Pac-12 all-defensive honorable mention. Jordan Sanders uh, also is uh, on the all-Pac-12 honorable mention. And she was also voted as uh, the most improved player and, and with a spot on the media all-Pac-12 team. So, Oh, excuse me. That's Jordan Jenkins, who was voted on the on the media All Pac-12 team and as most improved player for the media. So, so there's some there's building blocks there. Um, you know, I agree with you. I feel like the sooner they can get out of that Mark Track era with the players um, that he recruited, 
Um, not saying they're terrible, but obviously when you're coming in as a new coach, those those some of those players aren't going to be who you want to play and, and fit your type of scheme. Once she gets out of that, Lindsay Gottlieb, then we can see some you know, momentum building. Um, I'm not really judging this season too harsh. You had the COVID pause that really, really hurt them and hurt momentum that they felt they were building. Um, they had, you know, they were competitive in basically every game. They gave UCLA a really good shot in that second game at Galen Center. Um, same thing in the Pac-12 tournament. You know, last year, year before, UCLA was steamrolling them in basically every game. Um, same thing with Stanford uh, and Arizona. They upset Arizona on the road. You know, you can... You can't look over that. Um, so I think, you know, when you look at the record, you think disappointing season. You know, obviously it's a little underwhelming. Um, but, I mean, I thought I thought they were pretty good. And players mentioned that, you know, they enjoyed playing with Lindsey Gali. Get, you know, more free flow type offense. They could really grow as players. That's what players have mentioned. Um, I know, you know, you got some people coming in next year that are going to make this team great. Um, Ryan Marshall, freshman, is outstanding. I think she's going to be a real good player. You mentioned Allison Mura. She's going to be an outstanding player as well, a freshman who's hit that game winner. So this is a, there's a lot of potential on this side. Um, anything else you want to add about women's basketball and the year they had? I think you made a good point. A lot of these games, the score lines were a little bit uh, unfair to USC by the end, especially this this UCLA one. You know, They put in a tough effort, and then when the game kind of gets into those garbage time minutes, after the game's kind of already been decided in the fourth quarter, then kind of teams are running it up. So I think it's now three 10-point uh, losses on the year to UCLA, if, if I'm not mistaken. They, they were all three um, pretty sizable wins for the Bruins. But, you know, those games, you look at it, there was so much um, competition for the most part for the first three quarters. So, I, yeah, it, when you look at it on the um, – on paper, it looks a little uh, unfair to USC, and I will say that. Um, but I think you made a good point. There's definitely room to build going forward. And I think that they should be excited by that. Um, and excited because you're right. Like, years in years prior, it was even worse than this. So they're they're trending in the right direction. I think that's what's huge. Yeah, it's, it's important to acknowledge that. Definitely, I think once Lindsey Gottlieb has more of a you know, full type of off season um, without really too many COVID restrictions. Obviously, there weren't really that many last season, but still, it's, it was still around. And she kind of came uh, middle of the summer. Now the season's over. It's, it's March, got until November, whatever, whenever the season starts. You got all that time to kind of build and see what you could do. I think they're in a good position. Um, you know, the recruits are coming in next season. You mentioned number number eight recruit um, for next class is, is joining on. That's a good, that's a good building block. Um, and I think they've really improved that area. Um, if you look at the development that, that she's had really on some of the players that I've talked to, they've mentioned that they've really grown as players just being under Lindsay Gottlieb and her guidance. Um, when I talked to her when she first was hired, she mentioned something about pace of play on offense and having a free-flowing offense and, and, and increasing you know, players' abilities on that side of the ball, and they really did that. I mean, the offense really improved, and it just looked like they had a better flow and consistency on that side of the ball. So once you add, you bring your type of players, you bring your fit, that's that's really what's going to see, or really really what's going to bring the results that, you know, fans want to see. Um, do you have the recruit? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's Alaya Gales, uh, point guard. She's got a 97 grade from ESPN, five-star recruit. Um 
that should be something to look forward to, mm-hmm. no doubt. And I think this team could use a little more ball handling. It might be replacing uh, Desiree Caldwell, um, who m- might be on our way out, obviously. Um, so Gales will slot right in there. I mm-hmm. think I think that's just absolutely the perfect fit for what this team needs moving forward. They've got kind of Sanders and uh, Jenkins to kind of play um, as wings slash bigs um, mm-hmm. if they need, you know. Yeah, and, and de- you mentioned Desi Caldwell, um, who's, been, who's been around for, might have been four or five years. Um, she's probably on her way out. Here, here's some of the, re- you know, the, teen- the seniors that are leaving. Uh, it's Jordan Sanders, Tara Reed, uh, Desi Caldwell. Those are three seniors. Tara Reed and Jordan Sanders have been just excellent. All three of them really have been great contributors uh, for the side. Uh, some of the other key players that are, uh, you know, slotted to return. Alyssa Pili, who had a little bit of a down year. Um, Kyra White, that's a junior, another one in rotation. Angel Jackson uh, in rotation. Allison Mira is actually considered a junior, um, which I feel like that is not... I'm looking at the roster. It doesn't sound right. Um, but, the, I mean, those are some of the key rotational players that are returning. Obviously, um, you know, you, you bring back Jordan Jenkins and Ray Mar- Marshall, uh, two young players, and then, you know, whoever steps up on that test. I mean six seven players right there that are in rotation and figure out what you want to do on um who you're bringing in and if somebody else steps up i know they really liked playing uh clarice kunwafo six six center she's a freshman they threw her out there multiple times to get some reps there's some promise um and we'll have to see obviously how it builds over the summer but there's some things that um can be looked at no doubt and as we now transition in a poor way, <laughs> to men's <laughs> basketball, who will face UCLA. Before we talk about that game, we got to talk about Arizona. Um, the wideout, which became the blowout, uh, as I say. Um, 91-71 really was not, wasn't close, I would say, at all. Um, it th- I mean, it, within the first five minutes, Arizona just steamrolled them. Um, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good game. Um, I think... That's the type of game we just flush down, move away, and just don't think about it too much, because um, that's really all, all you can do. Um, I know, you know, Andy Enfield was pretty positive uh, after the game. He basically said, you know, we have five losses this year. They they just beat us completely, outplayed us. That's the good mindset to have. I think if he stood there, uh, and he said, you know, we just you know can make excuses, that would have been a bad look. But they got outplayed. Um, simply just outplayed um, Arizona just so much talent so much firepower They're doing whatever they want on offense and that really hurt them um, curious what you think any reactions from that game my first thought was wow doesn't this look like the Gonzaga Elite 8 game oh, yeah. where they get just kind of off the bat jumped on USC yep. and it was the movement it was the athleticism and you know Arizona is one of the few teams in the nation that really does have equal length to USC. Um, mm-hmm. USC is one of the taller teams, and that's always been so helpful when defending the pick and roll, but oh my goodness, did they oh, look yeah. horrible defending the pick and roll. It was just about every time down the floor that Arizona mm-hmm. would just run it, and granted, you know, there was a little bit of movement on the screens, I will say, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but that, I mean, it was they weren't ever really going to tighten up on that call, and there was just mm-hmm. no adjustment from USC there. Um, Benedict Matherin, 19 points. Dude filled up the stat sheet. Uh, six assists, five rebounds, three steals. Just so many guys. Um, and they were making their open shots, too. Uh, USC did create some good opportunities on the offensive end. 
which was honestly a little bit of a surprise because of the way the offense has been uh, almost sputtering at times. Uh, you know, the UCLA game was so low scoring. That that upset, obviously, at the Galen Center was so slow paced, low scoring that even without Isaiah Mobley, USC was able to kind of stay in that game. Um, obviously, due to the heroics of Drew Peterson, who himself did not have a good game at all, two for eleven against Arizona. So these same scores didn't quite show up. Ogielis once again had a little bit of a quiet night. Um, starting to see a little bit of concern there with him. Uh, same thing happened against UCLA. Um, they need their scorers to be on, and they mm-hmm. also need to not give up 91 points. Uh, I think yeah. this game is, if you do look at, look at it, a little bit more about how good Arizona is and not as much how bad USC is. And I think that's why Enfield, after the game, wasn't all too concerned about it and, you know, was 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 straight up. Like, we got outplayed. Like, that's just how it was. Um, so moving forward, really what they need to take from that is just tightening up in those bigger games, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the stuff out there, you know, it's just poor shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. They might have a better night. Um, and Arizona might not shoot as well on a different night too, but they just got to tighten up on that pick and roll defense. That was just huge. Too many easy buckets. I mean, I hundred percent agree with what you said about Arizona. I think they, they were just the better team, really. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that USC is better than them. Um, you, you saw why they were, you know, ranked so high, and I think they USC just was not playing their type of game. Um, you talked about, you know, the three scores, Boogie. Drew, Isaiah Mobley. Uh, I think they went three of thirty or no six of thirty four. You know, you you're just not gonna win a game playing that way. Um, impossible. And I'm with you on Boogie. I mean, is there? Uh, let me tell you these stats. So in the last uh, seven games, he's had. Or let me let me double check this. I mean, yeah. he had nine points on three of 11 shooting. Uh, and mm-hmm. I have to say, those nine points were mostly in garbage oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The game was basically over. Yeah, so back to, yeah, back to what I was saying. So it's seven games. The last seven games he's played, he's had two games. He's scored double digits. But he's also had one game, the game against UCLA, 0-7. Two games where he was three for 10. And then the Arizona game, three for 11. Now, granted, he... The Oregon game, he was injured. We couldn't, or I guess the I guess the previous two games, you could say that he was hurt. Um, but those inconsistencies are are scary, um, especially where they are at right now. They're mm-hmm. about to head into the Pac-12 yeah, exactly. tournament. Like this is the time they need it the most. He's been streaky this year, um, you know, because he's had games. He had a game against Eastern Kentucky, over ten, no points, didn't score. With all due respect to Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> you can't over ten, right? It just it's it's not a good look. Um, he's had games like that, you know, where he just doesn't score, you know. And and if you say that to Andy Enfield, and I and I told him, or not, I told him, I asked him, you know, how can you get him more involved? Um, and he just said, you know, some of them are open shots that he's not hitting. And I mean, he he's right. Some of them are open shots. He's just not hitting. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned because. It comes at a time where they need him the most. And I think that when you go into March, you go into the tournament, you need consistency. And he's not been consistent. You know, he's been streaky. There's been stretches where he's been very consistent. Scored double-digit points in five, six, seven games in a row. But then he'll have a tenure like this where he just doesn't do much. How concerned are you about this play? 
I'm concerned with it, um, and I wanted to also bring up Drew Peterson uh, oh, on the topic of uh, streaky play. Uh, this guy had 27 against UCLA, just wouldn't miss, mm-hmm. like was taking step-back threes in people's face and hitting them. And he talked about after the Arizona loss where he shot, I want to say, two for 11. Yep. Um, he talked about how he just has to keep that confidence going. And I like that mentality. I really do. I don't think he should get discouraged. That being said, uh, before that UCLA game where he went off, he was like 0 of 18 on his last yeah. 18 three-pointer attempts. So talk about streaky. Like mm-hmm. that, that is just the epitome of it from two of USC's biggest scorers. And that is an, probably the ultimate concern uh, right now heading into March Madness and you know the Pac-12 tournament. Um, because Isaiah, and frankly, Isaiah Mobley was more of a surprise than anything because he's been the consistent producer um, for this USC offense. Seeing him kind of stutter out there and Mm -hmm. uh, kind of get pushed around a little bit. Frankly, I thought they were playing some pretty uh, physical defense on him uh, against Arizona is what I'm referencing. But, you know, seeing him flail was, that was like, oh gosh, this just isn't our night. Um, And maybe you can write it off as that, but really need to see something and especially with this game at poly pavilion against ucla i really do want to see boogie ellis and drew mm-hmm. peterson specifically those two guys show that they can at least like they don't have to go supernova like mm-hmm. it would be awesome if drew peterson put up another 27 and boogie ellis put up 21 um whatever his season high is it'd be awesome if boogie ellis, ellis hit a game winner like taj ed did mm-hmm. or how jonah matthews did um, how I was referencing, I think on the last time we did the podcast, like how he can be that kind of ball dominant guard. That would be awesome, but it would also be cool if they just put in a consistent effort, 15 yeah. points, 10 to 15, like something like that will, it will do if you play good defense and this USC team is pretty good at defense. Historically, I mean like against UCLA at home, they really did a good job at just serving guys like Jaquez mm-hmm. who did not shoot well at all. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really do think that they, even with just decent production, it doesn't have to be insane. Decent production from those offensive scores, they have a shot at winning games. I agree, and let's talk about that UCLA game. Um, so yeah, Saturday night, 8 p.m., Poly Pavilion. Winner of this number two seed in the Pac-12 tournament. That's key because you don't play Arizona until the championship game. Granted, you win the first two games, so that's very important. Obviously, the rivalry, all that stakes, you know, that comes with it. Um, but this this is a huge, huge game, um, you know, for USC, who has, you know, they don't they don't get a lot of respect. You know, Joel Lenardi from ESPN projects them as the sixth seed right now. You need wins like the UCLA. You want if you sweep UCLA, and then let's say you win a couple games, maybe you win your first game against whoever in the tournament the second game you lose or if you win that go to championship and you lose whatever it, it'll look good that you swept ucla and got a big win at poly pavilion which has been a hostile environment this season um ucla coming in you know they've been up and down um you know they're they're right at the standings with usc 17 and 16 basically um in, in the rankings ap pool um and you know ucla the key thing here, Johnny Juzang is 50-50 to play. That's what Mick Cronin said today. Um, he's 50-50 to play. They don't know. I assume he'll play. Sprained right ankle. He's been out two and a half games. Uh, UCLA didn't play in, until basically they had Monday off. Or excuse me, they played Monday, so they haven't played 
basically until Saturday. Uh, what was that? Four days, three days to recover. I'm assuming that he'll play. Um, also, I think because he missed last, basically missed last year's game as well uh, at Poly Pavilion. Ba- played like ten minutes, but really was not himself. Was hurt, so he didn't play the rest. I think he'll be out there. If he's out there, obviously this is a dangerous. USC or UCLA team. Jaime Hawkes has been crazy recently. He had 30 points um, against Washington. This is this is an important game. Uh, UCLA has got some momentum. Poly Pavilion is rowdy, rowdy, and USC needs a win like this. Um, I think the key for them is you mentioned consistency. Definitely agree with that. Uh, I think another key is they've got to play their style of of game. They can't. We mentioned this on the podcast too last time. They can't go out there and play fast. They can't play up-tempo. They've got to grind it out, and they've got to win because they're not going to outscore this UCLA team. They're just simply not. So they have to play that type of game. And I think the it's going to be a battle of the boards as well. It's always like that. Cody Riley and Miles Johnson, those are really, those are really the two centers. And Mick Cronin does not play them two together. And recently he's been... Freaking experimenting who to play in what position or what situation. So they've got to win that rebounding battle, and, and they did in the first game. Um, that That's really the key for me. You've got to play your style of play. You've got to grind it out, or else it's not it's not going to be a good game for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at UCLA's home record this year, specifically against Pac-12 opponents. It's, like, nearly flawless. They got, they got a blowout win against Arizona, blowout win against Cal, blowout win against Stanford, uh, Washington State, Washington, just – everything making it look easy and it's been the road games where they've really faltered um they, they did um drop both to Oregon so that was that was one thing at home but they had a big win against Villanova earlier in the year at home so Poly Pavilion has been a fortress for them for the most part um and that that should concern USC but it should also motivate them you know a, a, like you said a big win goes a long way even if there's kind of like a oh they get to the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament and then lose to UCLA or whoever ends up being in that position too even just this win in the regular season to say oh we swept over the year Mm -hmm. that's going to look good to bracketologists Mm -hmm. might see them pushing Um, you know right now it's probably going to be a six seed if they flail out a seven Um, but I think they I think you could make an argument that they have a chance to push a five if they really do well in these these back few games. Yeah, yeah. And another thing we mentioned, Isaiah Mobley didn't play the first game. He's, you know, going to play this one. How does that change things, if any? Um, I'm not sure what you think about. Yeah, I mean, I feel like on the on the glass, it's going to be huge. Well, uh, we saw against the UCLA at the Galen Center, you know, one of the big things was giving up those offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Miles Johnson, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just plays where USC will lock them up for 29 seconds. They have to take a shot, and it goes off the rim, and they get an offensive rebound. So it's just uh, something that I think Mobley will definitely help with. Um, Also, just, you know, facilitation of the offense. Um, Might not have to rely as much on Drew Peterson anymore to be a 27-point guy, Um, thankfully, uh, because that doesn't really seem to be sustainable from what we're seeing. Uh, But I think the main thing is the – you know, physicality on the boards. Um, mm-hmm. And Mobley's just been a great leader for the team all season. Um, and I think the team really did step up without him against UCLA. Yep. Um, played for him, absolutely. But um, having him back is just, just the next level. 
and you know he he'll be back. Also, in, in Joshua Morgan, he only I I thought he didn't play, but he did play. Only played six minutes in that first game. That brings more size, um, if you need it. They, I mean, I know Max Agbonpolo had a lot of run. Reese and Waters had a lot of run. Uh, Reese and Waters was a big, oh, like yeah. he had a big time game. Um, that didn't really go as much noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's those mid-range turnarounds that oh, he seems yeah. to be hitting. I thought <laughs> yeah. of him as a spot-up a spot, a spot up jumper kind of guy, but wow, like he's hitting these. He's creating his own shots. And if mm-hmm. they have that, no, oh, if USC yeah. has that, unlocks another level of it. And I think he should get some more minutes. I, I yeah. think sometimes Enfield's a little hesitant to play him. No, I agree. I, he's been he's been really good. Um, I'm I'm a big Reese and Waters guy. Uh, I know... You know, against uh, Arizona, he had 20 minutes. I know Kobe Johnson had 13 minutes. Some of that might have just been in blowout. I know Isaiah White is also, you know, he's questionable. It's a sprained mm-hmm. wrist. He started that game against UCLA. If he's out, you're going to get heavy minutes from, you know, Max Agbonpolo, who I think this is a big game for him. Um, obviously, you're going to get Drew Peterson. You're going to get Reese Dixon Waters. Does Kobe Johnson play? How does he bring in Joshua Morgan? Does he, you know, run... Joshua Morgan and Isaiah Mobile at the same time to just bring more size. We have to see. It's a chess match. Um, I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be outstanding. Um, 8 p.m. Pollock Pavilion. Um, I will not make predictions. Because I, will, I, I won't either will, because, I mean, I think you did predict USC to, to take that um, at yeah, Galen, yeah. so good for you there. I did, I did not. I took UCLA by five or whatever it was. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm abstaining this time around. We're gonna see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, the heart says USC, the mind says UCLA, because of Poly Pavilion. And I think they look. They've lost five straight. They really want this. I think it might have been Jaime Hawkes, who said that he was at Galen Center watching his sister play, and a UCLA fan was there. And the fan came up and t- up to him and said, "Oh, we really need you to win this like USC game, all this stuff." And I think they're all hyped up. They want to win. Um, you know, if Hakez or excuse me, Juzang plays, might be his last game at Poly. He might just go off. He's like I said, he's fifty-fifty. So you have to see. But nevertheless, it's gonna be a great game. Um, we have to obviously see what happens. Uh, any final thoughts on what's coming up? Yeah, I mean, this game will really test USC and will be a good indicator for what it's gonna be like in the Pac-12 tournament and March Madness. Um, because it's not going to feel like a home crowd environment in those matches as much yep. as it is at Galen Center. And honestly, the Galen Center has provided some pretty awesome energy. Oh, yeah. uh, it, even at the Arizona game, they they broke the record that they had set at the UCLA game. Um, so the energy was there. They might not get that as much. And mm-hmm. it, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that kind of uh, affects it. Definitely. Uh, and as always, make sure to follow up our content on uh, dailychildren.com slash sports. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, DT underscore sports. Uh, we'll be live tweeting that game. So it should be uh, an exciting atmosphere. Um, and yeah, obviously make sure to follow us on, on that. Um, and we'll be back sometime in the future. We don't know when, but we'll be back for another episode. Thanks for obviously checking us out. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next time.